A little girl is holding up a small purple backpack she's just unwrapped. Without saying a word, she smiles at the camera and then quickly reaches for another gift under the tree. It's Christmas 2008. Haley Cummings is wearing a light pink t-shirt, blue denim shorts. There are white ruffles on her little socks. Ooh, what's that, the five-year-old then pulls a purple floppy hat from the wrapping paper she's just ripped open. That's her little brother in the background. Haley immediately puts on the hat, which is a little big. She has to push back the brim to see, but it doesn't even face her. It's purple, her favorite color. She smiles at her grandmother, who's behind the camera, and reaches for the next present. You can hear the excitement in the room as each child discovers what's inside the next package. Haley's family had no way of knowing these would be some of their last images of the little girl. Forty-seven days later, Haley Cummings was gone. I'm Jennifer Waugh. Ten years ago, the five-year-old vanished from bed. She is still missing. Now, we take you back to her neighborhood, to the night she disappeared into thin air. I just woke up and our back door was going open and we can't find our daughter. Can't find what? Our daughter. I just got home from work. My five-year-old daughter is gone. I okay. need somebody to be here okay. now. Okay, well, was she what last seen wearing? <laughs> Ma'am? She was in her pajamas. We were sleeping. Okay, all right. You said your back door was wide open? Yes, it was brick. Like, it was a brick on the floor. Like, when I went to sleep, the door was not like that. Was your back door locked, do you know? Yes, but I'm Tom Wills, and all-out search continues right now for this missing five-year-old Putnam County girl. Investigators say Haley Cummings of Satsuma was last seen when her father's girlfriend put her to bed at about 10 o'clock last night. It's very urgent in, in, the, in the fact that we have a young child that's been missing for several hours now, and we do not know the whereabouts of the child. Haley is three feet tall with blonde hair and brown eyes. She's petite. She weighs 39 pounds. Her father's girlfriend, Misty Croslin, who referred to the kindergartner as her daughter when she called 911, tells deputies she woke up at about 3 o'clock in the morning on February 10, 2009, to find the little girl missing from bed and the back door of the family's mobile home propped open with a concrete block. It's a Wednesday. Haley's father, Ronald Cummings, is at work at a construction company. The 25-year-old left the kindergartner and his younger son, Ronald Jr., at home with Misty. She's 17. As he was walking in from work, his girlfriend tells him she can't find his daughter. After they both called police, Ronald called his family. Annette Sykes is his grandmother. When I picked up the phone, he said, my baby's gone, my baby's gone. Get here, my baby's gone. That was all he said. She remembers that early morning 10 years ago as if it was yesterday. I just basically got up, threw me on some clothes, and did 90 miles an hour to get there. If a cop wanted me, he's going to chase me because I wasn't stopping. I'm going to find out where my baby was. 
And as you were rushing over there, do you remember what you thought? Just that I had to get there. I had to find out where she was. What made them think she was gone, you know, that she, that she wasn't somewhere they hadn't found her yet. Maybe hiding her in her tent or something. She had a little tent on her bed, and I thought maybe she was just in the corner of the tent, you know, and they just hadn't found her yet. But she wasn't there. Ronald called his mother, too, Teresa Neves. And when I got there, I helped him look, and we looked. I just thought she would be there somewhere when I got there. You know, I thought for sure they just Mr. Hyden. We tore everything up, turned up the beds, wore out the closet, everything we could find. She wasn't inside, so we went outside. And Ronald and Teresa was out in the yard hollering for Haley. Junior and Misty were sitting on the porch. I took off down the road calling her, and they were in the other direction calling. I could hear them calling her, too. Haley's family says she is not the kind of child to wander away, especially in the middle of the night. She doesn't like the dark. The mobile home where she lived lines a dirt road with a few others on either side. Woods are directly across the street. The road dead ends into the St. Johns River. About 200 yards away are a series of streets that circle other larger mobile homes in the neighborhood. It's just off Highway 17, which is the main highway through the town of Satsuma, a rural community of about 5,800 people in Putnam County. The closest and largest city is Jacksonville, which is about 75 miles north in northeast Florida. It doesn't take long to get a helicopter in the air, but now more deputies are arriving by the minute. Detective John Merchant was sleeping. It wasn't my night to be on call, but to receive a phone call from dispatch that time of morning, you know something, you know it's, it's a call out. It's, uh, you know, something's wrong. And they called me and told me they had a missing person, a missing juvenile. And you know, it's, uh, it was one of them things that you didn't think it was gonna be as serious as it was. On the way there, I could hear the radio traffic of, of all the units that were on scene already. And you know, the air support that they were getting that was incoming to Putnam County. And uh, I could tell then it was, it was becoming more and more serious. At that time, John Merchant was a homicide investigator with the Putnam County Sheriff's Office in 2009. I was the original case agent assigned to the Haley Cummins missing person investigation. It's important to note at this point, no one thought this was a homicide case. John Merchant was called because he was a member of CART, the Child Abduction Response Team, which had been activated because a child was missing, and based on the girlfriend's 911 call, it sounded like it could be an abduction. CART is a national program created after 11-year-old Carly Bruscia was kidnapped near her home in Sarasota, Florida in 2004. I'm pleading anyone with any information from my daughter Carly. Her name is Carly Jane Brucia. I love you. Carly was walking home from a friend's house when she disappeared. The 11 year old Sunday evening behind a car wash she was using as a shortcut. The video catches a few seconds of conversation before the man takes Carly by the arm and leads her away. 
she was raped and murdered by a stranger who was later arrested. Her body was found almost exactly five years to the day that investigators are now searching for Haley Cummings. In 2009, I was the assistant chief and I was in charge of homicide investigations for the Office of State Attorney. Robert Hardwick was also notified about missing Haley Cummings. He was in charge of the team of investigators who worked to prosecute anyone who might be involved in a child's disappearance. FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the FBI, and other agencies with specialized training are also CART members and would be arriving very soon. They could help Putnam County investigators by offering immediate manpower and other resources. Hardwick had a contact at Tomoka Correctional Institution in Daytona Beach, not far from Satsuma. They needed bloodhounds to search for Haley. Prison dogs, uh, if they're missing a prisoner, they go to the cell where the prisoner lives and take their clothing, belongings, bed sheets, whatever, uh, preserve them and use those as a known scent. We had clothes that were known to be worn by Haley, so we were hoping for the best that we get a positive track maybe and find her. One of those canines did hit on the five-year-old scent immediately and headed straight to the St. John's River along a path that led to the Seven Sisters boat ramp. It's only about 500 yards from Haley's home. Had the little girl somehow wandered down to the dock in the middle of the night? Had she fallen in? Or worse, had someone taken her and left on a boat? or thrown her in the river. No one knew because the bloodhounds didn't find her. Investigators called for divers and search boats. Deputies had already closed down the road leading to the neighborhood. Any car trying to leave had to be searched first. Now neighbors are waking up to chaos. We had 150 police cars on this street. Couldn't believe where they all came from. But uh, they searched all the houses. They had a camper out back. They searched all through the camper, all the storage compartments. They checked underneath my place here. And they checked everything. Norbert Fournier and Dave Frumbeller live across the street from each other. They have never forgotten that day 10 years ago. What did you think when you heard that it was a five-year-old who was gone? Well, I, I don't know what to think. I just couldn't believe that could happen in this quiet retirement neighborhood, really. I mean, it's mostly just retirees down here for the winter. I stopped Norbert as he was biking in the neighborhood. Dave was washing his car. They're snowbirds. Norbert lives in Vermont. Dave is from Michigan. Their second homes sit on manicured lawns about 100 yards from where Haley was last seen. I just couldn't believe that could happen in this small neighborhood. I was driving to work that morning and at the fire department it had an amber alert on the sign. Joanne Owens owns a fruit stand about half a mile away. First thing I thought of was a kid snatched from a bus stop. She and I are sitting at a table inside the only restaurant in Satsuma, Mima's. And when I got to work, customers started coming in. Police were everywhere. I mean everywhere. What did you think? I just thought it was terrible. When I really start feeling really terrible, terrible about it is when they started checking the canals. Anyone who lived on the water, they were checking under their docks. 
going into people's houses, searching everywhere for this little girl. It was terrible. No one wanted to believe a five-year-old was gone. I made a bed right there on the side of the road. My girlfriend came and we stayed out there that night. She laid right there in the ground with me, freezing cold. And we waited. We just waited on them to bring Haley to us. And we kept waiting. Teresa Neves, Haley's grandmother, didn't know what to do. Now, as the search enters its first full day, the little girl's parents are getting more and more desperate. They are convinced the five-year-old did not leave by herself. I just want my child back. No. We want somebody to see her, to find her. I want my child back so bad. I give them everything I own. All I want is my child. Somebody stole my child out of my bed. I come home from work and my, my child was not there. That's it. That's all there was to it. Gone just like that. I just want my baby home. This is Whoever's got her, I just want them to bring, them, bring her back. Crystal Sheffield is clutching a framed photo of Haley with both arms as she's interviewed by reporters. She doesn't live with Haley's father. They are estranged after a bitter custody battle. Haley and their son, Junior, were living with Ronald. The children were supposed to visit their mother that weekend. If somebody went in there and just grabbed her, they'd have to know her. Because Haley's not going to just wander off or let some stranger pick her up without making a noise. The families are now huddled in two distinctively separate groups as close to the Sheriff's Office Command Center as possible. Right now our leads are very minimal. We're asking for the public's help. If you've seen anything, you've heard anything, you've seen this little girl somewhere, please give us a call. News media has been given the latest photo of Haley to broadcast to the public. It's her kindergarten picture from school. In it, she's smiling. One of those smiles where you can see nearly every single one of her teeth. Some of her hair is pulled back off of her face in a pink ponytail. The rest sits neatly on her left shoulder. She is wearing a white button-down shirt with butterflies on the front. Hundreds of people are now converging on Satsuma to search the thick wooded areas near the five-year-old's home. By the second full day, investigators reveal they are confident about one thing. Through the uh, in-depth coverage uh, physically of the ground and the air and the water, we just don't believe that the, uh, the, the, the child is, is here. The main points that came out of this most recent news conference we had with the sheriff is that the search is expanding. It's expanding further away from Haley's home. Had she somehow been driven out of the neighborhood? Or maybe she was lost in the woods, waiting for someone to find her. To hear somebody missing is just, it's innocence is the biggest thing, you know. Just an innocent kid, just somehow somebody don't know where they're at. Even after all these years, Mark Hall gets emotional thinking about that time, about what happened. 
We're standing outside Hill's Hardware Store in Pomona Park, off a busy highway, about seven miles from Satsuma, where Haley lived. It's just, we wanted to help out, so my wife and I, we went down there. They had never met Haley, didn't know her family, but it didn't matter. They spent Valentine's Day that year, 2009, searching for the five-year-old. I can't even tell you for how long we walked, but, and they said they were adamant, staying in a straight line. What were you told to look for? What was a clue? Anything, any um, ground earth that looked like it was fresh dirt, dug up, pieces of clothing, anything that's new on top, we had to call them over there to look at it. Not to get any results sucks, big time. No one found Haley or any sign of her during the ground search. Detectives say they have found several good leads but couldn't share specifically any of that information. Media coverage did help generate dozens of tips, which quickly grew into hundreds. That fact brought some hope to Haley's grandmother. Oh, absolutely. I just kept thinking it's going to be the next one. Nope. It's gonna happen. It goes good bring home. Somebody knows. I mean, you know somebody knows. She didn't disappear into thin air. Somebody knows something. And how do you get somebody to be so evil as to not tell you where a child is? <laughs> Teresa Neves was now sleeping under a tent near Haley's home. She and Haley's great-grandmother, Annette, didn't want to leave so that when the little girl was found, there would be a familiar face to greet her. Or, if someone had taken her, they'd be there if the five-year-old managed to get away and come home. I thought that maybe somebody that wanted a child real bad had seen her up at the bus stop or something and just fell in love with her like everybody else did and followed her home to see where she lived and that maybe they came and got her. Days turned into weeks. News for Jacks covered every aspect of the search for Haley. A home now surrounded by crime scene tape. Her disappearance has left this community, her family, in despair. We camped out under a tent along a grassy shoulder at the entrance right there to the mobile home community. We had reporters there 24 hours a day. In the air, helicopters from different agencies scoured the area. National media also covered the case extensively. Do you know where the cinder block came from that was propping the door open? Haley's father was interviewed by Nancy Grace about the one clue that seemed to point to an abduction the back door of the mobile home that was propped open when his girlfriend said she first noticed his daughter was missing. Don't have a clue. I, I don't mess with none of that, so I don't know. I, I barely, rarely am in the backyard at all unless I'm washing my car, so it could have came from around my shed. I'm renting. I don't know if the previous renters had it or what, but I, I've, I've never seen it, I don't believe. With several agencies tracking down all of the tips, detectives were also looking at those closest to the missing girl. All the world's a suspect. We are going to treat everybody, every family member, every associate, every neighbor like a suspect until we can eliminate. By now, a few things are puzzling investigators, like that cinder block Nancy Grace had asked Ronald about, the one his girlfriend described as a brick when she called 911. 
It is hard to hear, but Misty told the dispatcher it was on the ground holding open the back door, which the 17-year-old said was locked when she went to bed. Okay, all right. You said your back door was wide open? Yes, it was brick. Like, the brick on the floor. Like, when I went to sleep, the floor was not like that. Was your back door locked, do you know? Yes, the back door always stayed locked. That suggested to investigators someone may have planned to take Haley and thought ahead about how to get out of the home quietly if he or she was carrying the child. Propping open the door might make for an easier getaway. But something was nagging Putnam County Detective John Merchant. If the door was locked, as Misty Crossland, the girlfriend, had said, how did the kidnapper get in? There was nothing at the scene indicating any type of foul play. It, what the scene consisted of was a back door that was propped open by a cinder block. The cinder block, we feel, come from the yard of the house. And, you know, we have a, a blanket on the back porch. John Merchant says there were no signs of forced entry anywhere in the mobile home and no signs of a struggle either. This was a spunky five-year-old. Everyone seemed confident that if someone grabbed her, she would yell and fight. Any blood? No, ma'am. And, and, and that's when I say the, the scene didn't indicate any force, you know, forcible felony took place or, or any type of crime scene. That's when I say there was no blood. There was no, you know, nothing indicating, you know, blood stains in the carpet, in the bathtub, anything like that. Nothing. Area that had been recently cleaned. That's correct. Nothing. You know, you would smell like, you know, some bleach smell or, you know, something to cover up um, a bloody area or something like that. None of that was noted. So how did a stranger get into the mobile home that night, grab a child who was sleeping right next to her little brother and their babysitter, without any one of them waking up? It makes no sense. As Detective Merchant sorts through what Misty Crosland, the last person to see Haley Cummings, is telling them, the 17-year-old breaks her silence to News for Jax. I got up because I had to use the bathroom, but I didn't make it to the bathroom. I seen the kitchen light on, and I walked in the kitchen, and the back door is wide open. I mean, I didn't notice about Haley then until I seen the back door open, and then I go in the room, and she's gone. And that's all I know is when I woke up. When I, when I went to sleep, she was there, and then when I woke up, she was gone. As investigators dig deeper into what happened to the kindergartner, they also discover something about the neighborhood where the little girl was living. The number of registered sex offenders within a one-mile radius, there were a tremendous number of them. There are many theories about what could have happened to Haley, but none was ever proven. Could a sex offender have seen Haley walking to the bus stop and followed the kindergartner home? Or could she have been taken by an acquaintance who just so happened to take a trip hours after the five-year-old vanished. I can tell you he left the state of Florida the same day she went missing. Coming up in the next few weeks on Into Thin Air. What we've learned about persons of interest in Haley Cummings' disappearance from three investigators who worked the case 10 years ago. I sit here today telling you Haley was not abducted by a stranger. A lot of surveillance used to maybe hope that he would do something out of the ordinary. Their worst fears. If that child went in the river, 
we're never going to find her. That's a big river. Um, if she'd been buried someplace in a shallow grave in the woods, then maybe we'd find her body. But if she went in the river, we're not going to find her. Who Haley's grandmother suspected, but was ruled out. Was there anyone else that you thought could have possibly had something to do with her disappearance? Absolutely. There was a man in a trailer that lived in the woods right behind Ronald's house. And the emotional toll on a family that just wants Haley to come home, her cousin. Please bring my cousin home. That's all I want. I'll be 19 in July, and I just want her to be home for my birthday. And that's my only wish. Do you remember a moment where you thought, I'm not sure I'm ever going to see her again? I haven't thought that yet. I will see her again. I will bring her home. Just waiting on that one person. <laughs> but I will see her again. If you know anything about five-year-old Haley Cummings' disappearance from Satsuma, Florida, February 10, 2009, call Crime Stoppers at 888-277-TIPS, 888-277-8477. There is a $15,000 reward for any information that leads to an arrest if you call the hotline. You can remain anonymous. This News for Jack's podcast was produced by Jennifer Waugh. Associate producers are Eric Wallace and Garrett Pelican. Videographer is Chris O'Rourke and Joe Drum. Editor is Mike Jones. Podcast trailer editor is David Mott. You can watch the interviews and news stories about this missing persons case on newsforjax.com slash Haley.